0: Okay, H- who here uh, is a cricket fanatic or a cricket fan? Okay, someone is. Anyone here like football? The real football, one you kick with your foot. It's that, about to start. Well, <coughs> <the> <coughs> in both those sports, <coughs> the most valuable player, particularly if you like this T20 cricket, the most valuable player is what you call, what we would call, (coughs) a game changer. There's a lot of players who can play, but there are some players who can come on and completely change the course of a game. You can be playing football and losing 2-0, but there is a player you can bring on and score three goals in five minutes. He just changes the game completely, and they're the most valuable players. And everybody loves and values the, the game-changers. And what is often not recognized is the most significant and powerful game-changer in history is the person of Jesus Christ. And, and it's ironic because uh, th- there was a poll done recently um, only 20% of people in this nation today believe that Christianity or any religion is a positive force. In Sweden, it's only 19%. And a lot of people believe that what I give my life to and what you give your life to, this thing called Christianity now, should be kept out of the public square. It should be kept out because it's not, it's not a positive force for society. But there's great ignorance in that statement um, <clears throat> because Jesus Christ was the most positive force that, that ever was introduced to a society. He was the, the greatest game-changer in human history and he changed the way society functioned, he actually introduced what we call today civilization. The most civilizing force in all of human history is the person of Jesus Christ. It's not a movement, it is a person. And it's ironic. People don't, today, they want to keep Jesus Christ out of the public square. But this group recently called IFPOS, they are a data collection group. They did a survey. They they, they looked into all the data on Wikipedia, you know, all the one million most famous people from the last such and such time. And they said, let's discover who has the most influence in society today. And the answer was Jesus Christ. Still today, the answer is Jesus Christ. His book is still the most, it's the number one seller every year, the Bible. And that's, that's odd. You know why it's odd? Because when Jesus lived, Jesus was, he was a carpenter. And humanly speaking, he never did anything the world considers great. He never owned a business. He never started a political movement. He never made lots of money, never wrote a manifesto, or never wrote a book. He simply went around from village to village preaching. And then at the height of his popularity, he was crucified as a common criminal. And when he was dead, he only had 120 followers. At the same time existed a man called Caesar Augustus, and he was the most powerful man. He controlled two-thirds of the known world. He was considered by the Romans a deity, so a type of a god. And if you had, at that time, got a hundred people together and asked the question, Who in 200 years will be the most known and famous person? Caesar Augusta or Jesus Christ? Not one person would have answered Jesus Christ. Yet it's fair to say all the armies that ever marched, all the parliaments that have ever sat, have not influenced the life of man on this planet more than that one man, Jesus Christ. Why? How could that be? because he is who he says he is. He's the Son of God. And he came to bring change. And he changed the world like nobody ever changed the world before, this carpenter. I don't know if you know, on the cross, the last words uh, that Jesus said to his mother was, he looked at the... the, the, uh, Disciple John and said, John, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. And he he put his mother into care. And before Jesus, there was no concept of care. If you were vulnerable, you were just disregarded. It It was the era of the gladiator battles where people thought it was completely normal to go and watch for entertainment, human beings fighting to the death for sport. And, and, and the vulnerable were not valued. In fact, in, in Greek society, to be concerned for the vulnerable was considered a weakness. But Jesus Christ bought this concept, he introduced this concept of caring for the vulnerable, and shortly after his death, the church carried that forth, and the whole concept today of what we call hospitals came out of Christianity. Be, be, before Jesus, also, the, we talk about today uh, equality and dignity. And everyone's concerned about equality and dignity. But before Jesus, there was no equality. Equality and, and, and the, the idea, the concept, that one person was considered of equal value to another person. A rich person was considered equal value to a slave. That didn't exist. In fact, Aristotle, who was a leader of the a philosopher of the Greek world, believed that slaves were born intrinsically inferior, and he said they ought to be considered tools for the elite. Yet Jesus Christ, when he came, he ministered to the centurion and the leper at the same time. He he. Everyone who came to him responded with the same love and grace, he served them all and he gave dignity to every single life. That didn't exist apart from Jesus Christ. And it's ironically, Christians today are attacked for equality where he introduced equality and dignity. He bought it. And he changed He changed forever the way societies... Functioned. He changed forever the way the vulnerable were treated. He changed forever the concept of human dignity and equality. But you would be mistaken if you thought that the reason for Jesus' coming was merely to bring sociological change. The passage my wife just read was about a man called Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. And he was a man, we read here, who was wealthy. And his life, we see at the end, was radically changed by Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he was wealthy, but unfulfilled. And you could see this man, he, he made his money. He's called a tax collector. We read he is he <coughs> Zacchaeus the tax collector. That meant he made money by collecting for the despised occupiers, the Romans, from his own people. So he made money, but he made it out of human misery. And one of these people that thinks that money would solve a lot of his problems, and he discovered uh, in his life that success sometimes doesn't deliver all you th- all you all you think. And uh, here he was and he came and he heard about the person of jesus christ and he heard and he, he he maybe he'd seen before how lepers and prostitutes and the outsiders even successful people like centurions had come to jesus christ And their lives had been radically changed. Physically, the leper was cleansed. Emotionally, the prostitute was forgiven. In fact, everybody who came to Jesus Christ, everybody who came to him and trusted him, nobody left the same. And so this man, Zacchaeus, who thought money was going to solve all his problems, but was still empty, was finding that Success wasn't delivering what he thought it would. He came to see for Jesus himself. And that's really good advice to everybody who comes to church today. Don't judge uh, uh, Jesus by the church. Don't judge Jesus by other Christians. Come and see through the Word of God and through the preaching of the Word. See what Jesus Christ and who Jesus Christ is for yourself. So he came and he wanted to see. Who this Jesus really was. And I believe every person owes it to yourself to actually discover for yourself through the reading of the Gospels, the testimonies, for yourself who this Jesus really is. Who this Jesus that changed society, who this Jesus that was murdered by the Romans, who, who really is. He is the most, you've got to ask that question, you owe it to yourself because he is. He is the most significant person in human history and you can't ignore him. So this man came and he came to see for himself who Jesus was. And it says that when he came, he, because he was short of stature, this man climbed up a tree to see who Jesus was. And I love this. Because when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, how did he know his name? How did he know this man's name? It's because if you're here today, Jesus Christ knows everything about you. He knows everything about your life. He knows everything about what ails you. He knows everything about what excites you. He knows everything about what worries you. He knows everything about what is paining you. He knows everything. It says he saw Zacchaeus and called him by name. And some of you today, you come here and the Holy Spirit will be calling you by name. Not physically, but in the spirit. You'll be called like Zacchaeus was called to Jesus Christ. And this man, he came. And Jesus called his name. And uh, it says that this man, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. Today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and he came down and received him joyfully. Others complained and said he's gone to be the friend of a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said to him, Lord, look, I give half of my goods to the poor. If I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. So you can see how wonderfully this man was changed because he, before he saw Jesus, this man's world was about money. He loved money. He, he loved money so much he collected it for the Romans from his own people, so he would have been despised, but he loved money so much he was willing to be despised to get that money. Yet here, this man has been so wonderfully changed on the inside that he gets up and says about this money, look, I give half of it to the poor. And if I've taken anything by any force accusation, I give it fourfold. That means he was prepared to give it all away. Why? because he'd experienced the personal transformation that comes through meeting Jesus Christ. This man went to see Jesus, a greedy, selfish, dissatisfied person, but when he met Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ came into his life and came into his home, He discovered a a peace came into his life, a joy came into his life, a feeling and a fullness came into his life, a satisfaction came into his life that he's never known. And he said, it's so valuable that I'll sell everything for it. I'll give everything away because of what's happened to me, what I've got. The change that's happened to me is so profound that I want to give everything away. And see, this is why Jesus came. For people who are living, apart from God, dissatisfied, broken, he came as the great game changer to change radically what you can't change for yourself. The game changer, when it looks like you're losing, turns the situation around. And brings you into a place of victory. That's why Jesus came. Sure, he brings sociological change to the world. But the real reason he came is found right in this passage. This man seemingly had a lot, but was empty, and a lot was not delivering. And in here was empty. And Jesus Christ says he saw him. And he stopped for him. And he gave to him through salvation. That thing which he couldn't find for himself. And he was totally changed. He came to see Jesus one way. And he left another. The Word of God says, Jesus said to him when he went to Zacchaeus' house, he said, Salvation has come to this house. And this is what, this is what changes everything for you. This is what brings the change to your life, that you, the wonderful change to your life that every human being is looking for. That, that's, the Bible says you're a new creation in Jesus Christ. It's when you receive salvation through Jesus Christ that everything changes. Zacchaeus came and Jesus said, Salvation has come to this house. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Seek and save that which was lost. And see Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. And, you know, in Jesus' day, to be a tax collector, you were considered bad. You were like uh, those, those Jewish people who collaborated with the Nazis and you made money out of it. That's what he was considered. He was considered by his own people bad. He was a bad person. You know, drug dealers out there, pedophiles, they're considered bad people today. But this text tells us that God and Jesus Christ doesn't consider anyone bad because we're all bad. None of us live up to the value system that we have. We're all fallen, we are all actually got a sinful nature, all since Adam. But we're not bad. This, this, this passage says he came to seek with that which was lost. People are not divided into good and bad. People are divided into saved and lost. Everyone here, you're not good or bad, I'm bad. I've got a fallen nature. We all do things that disappoint But what you are, you're either saved through Jesus Christ or lost. And when you're saved, when you receive salvation, that's when the transforming power of Jesus Christ comes into your life and gives you what you're looking for. Every human being is chasing the peace and the joy and the knowledge that we now have eternal life that Jesus Christ comes to give us. And when we receive it, we are never the same. We are changed. We are radically changed. Our game has totally changed. We go from being lost and hell-bound to saved and heaven-bound because Jesus, the game-changer, has saved me. And that's what the good news of the gospel is, is that we're all involved in this game of life. We're all running it. And if you don't know him, this is not to condemn you, but the, 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 the fact is, if you don't know Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, you're lost, you're not bad, you're just lost. And you'll be lost internally, eternally. But he doesn't want you to be lost eternally, that's why he came, he came to seek you. And if you're here today and you don't know him, you're not here by coincidence, he's drawn you here to save you, and to change your destiny, to radically change your destiny, radically change your future, radically change your heart, radically change your family, radically change your children, do for you what you can't do for yourself. Because that's who he is. He's the great game changer. He's the great game changer. And you say, well, what does it require? Because, you know, my testimony is I really relate to Zacchaeus. Because there's a lot of people that I know that have been saved out of addiction and all the rest of that. and It's wonderful to hear about the change that that he brings into those lives. But I was not like that. I was actually doing, from the world's point of view, quite well. But I, quite well, wasn't delivering for me. And when he came into my life, he came into my life in a hotel room. I didn't... Meet a church i didn't need another church another christian jesus christ came into my hotel room just like he came to zacchaeus and after that night i've never been the same and if that hasn't happened to you you haven't been born again your life radically changes when you receive salvation through jesus christ it radically changes your heart radically changes your values change some of it's not overnight, but you know when you look back over a year, I'm different. And the change continues because we've been changed from faith to faith, the glory to glory, until we uh, get to the place where we're just like him. This is amazing. So what do you got to do to experience the change, the, the, the change and the transformation, this wonderful transformation? that Zacchaeus experienced. You see, Jesus came and he called him by name. Now, he doesn't call us physical anymore, but he calls you in the spirit. Some people know the Holy Spirit is calling you to become a Christian, to receive salvation today, receive forgiveness for your sin. Today, that's the Holy Spirit. He calls you individually. And what he said to to Zacchaeus, he said, make haste and come down. Today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. See, this is the big issue for everybody. Zacchaeus, in order to receive the salvation from Jesus that changed everything, had to, first of all, humble himself and climb down. He's a big man. He's an important man around town. But he had to humble himself and climb down. And this is where it gets so hard for people. It just go, you've got to climb down from your position that says I can ignore Jesus or He was just another man. He's just another god amongst many. You've got to climb down from that nonsense because Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you need to climb down and humble yourself. He came for a purpose and he came to save you, to seek you, and die on that cross for your sin. You've got to humble yourself and say, I need his forgiveness. I'm a sinner. I need to be forgiven. So he came, he just humbled himself and he came down. Come down from your position. You know who he is, really. It's only your pride that stops you receiving Jesus Christ and stops this wonderful change happening. And you see it in other people, you see it in other Christians, and God wants to know that he is good and his change will be good for you. So he came down and Jesus said, I have to stay at your house. And this man did something. He came down Jesus doesn't want to stay at your house. He wants to stay in here, in in your heart. But what he did, he didn't argue. He didn't justify why he couldn't do it. Didn't tell him he was too busy. As soon as Jesus Christ said to him, he looked up with these piercing, loving eyes. Zacchaeus looked down at him and realized he was looking at divinity. He's seen these loving eyes like no other eyes he's ever seen. And when Jesus, you know he didn't ask him. He actually said, Zacchaeus, come down. I must stay at your house. That he actually humbled himself, came down, and became obedient to the voice of Jesus. And this is all you've got to do. To receive salvation, you don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to do many things. To receive Jesus Christ into your life in a way where he changes your heart. He changes what you can't change. He brings this wonderful transformation. He fills what is empty. To receive that change, all you need to do is to humble yourself. Climb down and say, this day, I'm going to stop doing what I want to do. I'm going to become obedient to that loving, good Son of God. And as soon as you do that, as soon as you do that, you are eradic- You are never the same. The change begins that very, very hour. So I, I have this word today that I don't even know who's here today, but I just believe there are people here who... Some of you are not saved. The issue is not to God whether you're good or bad. If you think your goodness is going to justify you on the day of judgment, it's not. If you were good, He wouldn't have sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sin. Jesus doesn't see you good or bad, He sees you as either lost, needing salvation, or having received Jesus Christ and being saved. All of humanity is divided into those positions. And if you're saved, this is the good news, the devil lies to you and says, if you get saved, your life's going to be full of rules and restrictions. But it's the very opposite. If you get saved, your life is forever changed by the game changer. But it's changed for the better. It's changed wonderfully. And that's what he wants to bring you today. Some of us just know here. I've been in that place where you just know. I can't, I can't have more. Life is in a place where I've come to the end of something. I'm on my wits' end, and unless something changes, you feel like you're going to go under. Well, God brought you here today. God brought you here. That you don't go under. But to bring his change. His change to you. His wonderful change into your life. Into your heart. When you receive him. When you receive him. You will say. I was lost. But now I've been found by God. He's found me. He saved me, and he's changed me, because that's who he is. That's who he is. Zacchaeus came in one way, and he uh, went out wonderfully, changed a different way. But it comes... It begins, he came to see who Jesus was for himself. We didn't come today to dedicate a baby or to sing songs or do anything else. If you've come today to really see who Jesus Christ is, he is the Son of God. History proves it. Two billion people today worship him. If you really want to see who he is, You ask him to reveal himself to you. He'll show you. There's nobody like him. But the good news is, he is God's game changer. He wants to change for you what you can't change for yourself. He is good. He is a good God. He wants to do that for you today. So I want us to bow our heads today. I want us to pray because I know there are people here. There are people here You know, if you're a Christian, you say, I've already received Jesus. But has your life changed? If it's not changing, there's only one reason. I've seen this over and over and over again. Where the change really intensifies. Jesus said, come down, I must stay at your house. Zacchaeus Immediately became obedient to his word. If your life's not changing and you're a Christian, it's probably because you're one of those Christians that are Christian in name only, but you haven't become obedient to him. He is your Savior, but he's not your Lord yet. And you need to say, no longer my will, but your will. I'm actually going to do what you lovingly tell me to do, where you direct me, I'm going to go. And as soon as you get in that place where you say, I'm going to become obedient to his word, your life will change. It'll change wonderfully. So, Father, I thank you for Jesus. And I thank you there is no (laughs) one to compare to him in all of history. I compare, I, I just praise you that he is the one you promised, Jesus is your son sent from heaven to earth for one purpose, to bring salvation. And Father, I thank you when we receive that salvation, we are wonderfully changed. We see it through other people. And I thank you that each and every person here today is either lost or found, but you want all. They're either lost or saved. You want them all to be saved. Your word says, you desire none perish. And I pray, Father God, that, Father, each and every one of us will be able to see today like Zacchaeus saw the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, who he really is. The inivi- the. the, the, the inimitable Lamb of God who die on that cross to forgive us and to save us and to change everything forever. And I ask, Father God, for those who are wrestling in the valley of decision that they will be able to humble themselves and to receive what you want to give them today. Oh, Lord, you want to be so good to them you want to bring wonderful transformation to their lives, wonderful change. I ask that you help them to trust you today, Lord. I ask them you to help everyone to know that you are good, your intentions are good. And I also ask you to help them to, help them to know, Lord, that we must be saved, that we must be saved. We must be saved lest we suffer the eternal consequences. So I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. If you know God is speaking to you today, you know God is speaking to you today, you want to receive salvation, you can either indicate to God today yourself by raising your hand and saying, I want that change, I want Jesus, or you can come forward and someone's going to pray for you at the end. God doesn't want you to go out the same today. Whether you're a non-Christian or whether you're a Christian, he wants to bring his transforming power into your life to change what you can't. Trust him. Surrender to him. Yield to him. He is a wonderful, good Jesus. Amen? Amen? Let's stand up and praise him because he is good. He is good. If God is speaking to you, you want to receive him today, you just say to Jesus, come into my life. This day I'm going to obey you. This day I'm going to become a Christian. If you want to talk to someone further about what it is to be a Christian, Ross is here, Kevin's here, my wife's here. They all know something, probably more than I do. You come. God is good. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Oh,